Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here on this Wednesday, October the 9th, 2019. I can't believe we're this deep into October. It is 4 p.m. New York time. That's 1 p.m. in Los Angeles, 9 p.m. in London, 5 a.m. in Tokyo, 6 a.m. in Sydney, Australia. But wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And I am very happy. Well, I'm unhappy that Cindy Chavez can't join me today because that's always fun because we always talk about Neville. Neville's uh, Wednesday is always Neville Day. And, and uh, so we love talking about Neville Goddard. But today, Daniel Mangano, who visited me last February at the recommendation of Steve Rowell, who was then co-hosting with me, um, has agreed for uh, a return engagement. And I will preface this by saying Dan is one of the most insightful law of attraction coaches I have ever talked to. He gets right to the point quickly. And by quickly, I mean like in a sentence. That's about as quick as it's going to get. So, Daniel, great to have you back. How you been? I hope thank you're doing you well. The, uh, thank you for the accolades. Uh, I'm not sure how I'm going to live up to those now, so I'm centering. I'm centering and, and bringing the head down, but thanks for having me. Well, that's all right. That's all right. Take your time. You know, we, we, you have all one sentence. I already did that <laughs> right. <laughs> But no, it was true. When when um, when you came on, you came on last February to fill in for Steve mm-hmm. uh, because he had a prior commitment uh, that kind of got in the way at the last minute, and mm-hmm. you were very kind to, to step in. And that was I remember. I don't remember what the first question was that I asked you, but I remember that the answer just skipped. I think it was actually an audience question. It just skipped all of the possible discussion. And went right to let's go to the root of the thing. Like whoa, all right. <laughs> uh, you know what it is? It's that uh, one of my pet peeves we might say is the fluff that let me back up sometimes we need a little more color to see the picture in its fullness sure and sometimes we just need to see the lines Mm -hmm. and my my feeling is that sometimes we get so caught up on the color that we forget about the picture and for some people the color becomes the thing instead of the picture itself. It's like my, one of my keynote topics is called the pointlessness of purpose. And the reason why I I speak on that topic is because we get so caught up on finding purpose and what it means and meditating on it and giving it the right logo that we don't actually (laughs) do it. Right, right. (laughs) It's true. It's true. We get caught up in all of the the window dressing and we forget about what's the topic again? Oh, yeah, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) But it's all good. And uh, I'm hopeful we're going to actually get a couple of uh, questions perhaps from our live stream audience. Our live stream audience is very, very tiny compared to the overall podcast audience. But we have a few regulars. I see one of them is already here. Jeffrey is, is like... If we have a show without Jeffrey, it's not a show. That's how <laughs> regular he is as a listener. I think if it's the Jeffrey, I think it is. I think we're now friends on Facebook. and he's the Is that right? Okay. Gift King. Yeah, he, he's great. great. He's, he's great. great. Yeah. And I'm, I'm seeing somebody else who actually logged in, I think, for the first time a show or two ago. And uh, this person's also saying hello. So great to have you with us as well. I'm, I'm, I'm sure a few of our other regulars will, will uh, traipse into as time goes on throughout the show. Um, but I just want to get the conversation started about something that's been out for a while. Your book, you have a, a book that has a very interesting title to it, and yeah. I'm sure there's a story behind it. So I'm not even going to announce the title. I'm going to let you announce the title and tell us you know, what's the impetus behind it. How did it get started? <laughs> my most recent book is called Stepping Beyond Intention, and it's uh, essentially it's my, my baby. I've been giving birth to that for the last 11 years, which is a, a story in and of itself. That's, I think most doctors would consider that to be a, a record when it comes to a pregnancy, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but the book really steps into my model beyond intention, which is the four-step model that I created to empower us to get hold of, get control of the choices that we make, mm-hmm. um, get conscious of the choices that we make. So it takes us through the four steps of beyond intention. It takes us through the mechanics of how and why it works and some things that we can do with our choices and how to set effective intentions. So it looks at setting the scene. Okay. What are our intentions and how can we set them effectively? And then how can we actually unfold those consciously and deliberately in our lives? And, and, and it's interesting because I, I had thought about writing a much bigger book 
and making it really colourful and all of this stuff. It's like, well, we could just get to it. You were anticipating my interview with you. <laughs> yes, yeah, basically. Came in about 30,000. My last book, The Jimmy's Manifesto, was like 12,000 words. Oof. You can read it in an hour and a half. Not really interested in words for words sake. I really just wanted to give people a practical guide that they can pick up wow, and get yeah. on with. So, yeah, we got bestseller which is really fun. Um, I'm a little bit obsessed now with having uh, like a Wall Street Journal or something bestseller. The paperback comes out. It's right now it's on Kindle still. The paperback, I think, will be out next week. It'll be available for paperback. Very and good. the audio book will be ready at some point this month. That's being produced right now. So Very cool. I, I do have one question, though. Sure. How can you be a little bit obsessed? I mean, isn't obsessed like a binary state? You either are you or you aren't. I say a little bit because I'm trying to minimize it for myself and <laughs> feel a bit better about the level of obsession that I do have. I was, okay. I was up late. Um, oh gosh, when was it? Um, not too long ago. I was up late, like uh-huh. really late, understanding the numbers and whether it's possible. Oof. So, yeah. Well, then we appreciate you being here even more now, now that we know that. So, and we'll do our best to help you keep your eyes open. So, Thank you know, you. rest assured, you're not going to fall asleep during the show. Thank you. I'm sure yeah. the, the questions will do that. Well, it's not just the questions. I mean, we keep things really light around here. And as a result, I mean, if, if you get out of the show laughing less than 25 times, I failed to do my job. Brilliant. Okay? We can't so laugh and sleep at the same time. Well, we can, but it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> and not as much fun either. Any stand-up comedian will tell you they have their own stories about audiences that went right to sleep. So you know, it is possible. <laughs> Absolutely. But we do have some commentary coming in. I don't know if we have any questions. Um, well, actually, we do have one question. This is an interesting question. And uh, it's, I think it's more directed to me than to you. Um, but the question is, well, I, I, no, I'm sorry. It's not a question. It's a statement. It's a statement, so that's, that's not a question at all. That's okay. It's, what happens a lot is um, our live streamers actually tend to chat among themselves. Okay. So, 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 so when I'm trying to extract questions, I'm, I'm trying to dig into what were they talking about <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm explaining it, right? Brilliant. Yeah. Um, in fact, well, for instance, Jeffrey pointed out, yes, we're small, but we're powerful. And he says, yep, gifts don't fly on YouTube. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> It's fine with me. That's cool. Well, we honor your Facebook game, Jeff. We honor your Facebook game. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't really see any of the questions coming in here. Let's see. Oh, well, actually, there is one here. Um, Lava Lava 777 says, I wish you would speak more about spiritual stuff. Now, we do actually talk about spiritual stuff some, but Ooh, you know, it's a good idea to bring that in some. So, well, let's go to you first about that. Talk spiritual for a minute. Well, that talks to what I said to you. In what we said we're going to speak about with the alignment piece. Well, that's true. It does, doesn't it? So it actually speaks to it quite greatly because um, the next talk that I'm working on right now is one called Stop Meditating. Stop Meditating. Now, that's not something you hear very often from a law of attraction coach or any kind of self-help coach. That, that's usually like last item on the list, Stop Meditating. You know, that's like, okay, you're done. <laughs> this is... This is so if we, let's go to the alignment piece for just a second, because okay. as far back as we're going to go with ancient wisdom, they're going to speak about different levels of density that we operate in, of which spiritual stuff is just one piece. Sure. Mm-hmm. And what I've been witnessing in the uh, the current climate of mindfulness and go team yoga, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Is that people are really obsessed with the spiritual stuff mm-hmm. and not taking care of the rest of it. So my call... The, the rest of it being what? The rest of it, mindset and action. Oh, yes. People do tend to skip that part, don't they? They skip the action. Yeah. I'm just going to meditate on it. or I'm just going to go to yoga right. about it. I'm just going to pray about it. Or I'm just going to read and learn. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the three pieces. So when I speak about the flow funnel, which is something I go into in my book... Mm-hmm. We speak about the fact that creation requires all things to be in alignment, the spiritual stuff, the mind game, the mental stuff, and also the things that we do and say in our daily lives, they must all line up together. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about the spiritual stuff, my stop meditating movement is 
really a call to people to stop getting so obsessed with that one piece yeah. that we forget about the rest and remember that there are other pieces to the puzzle that must be in alignment for anything that we seek to create. It's a valid point because I think a lot of people, probably even, I'll dare to say a majority of people who do meditation or other kinds of processes, um, I mean, the favorite kind that I like to talk about a lot is mirror exercises, but it's essentially the same kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, forget that they are all connected and tend to kind of compartmentalize their lives. Okay, this is the time I'm going to do my meditating. Then I'm done with meditating. I'm going to go on to this is the part where I drive to work. And then this is the part where I'm working at work. And then this is the part where I go home. We we compartmentalize pieces of the day and we forget they're they're all connected. Mm-hmm. And bringing the energy, there's a, there's a great power in bringing the energy together. And instead of sp- spreading our energy out and compartmentalizing, allowing a flow to happen that remembers that everything really is the same thing, energy vibrating at different frequencies. That's right. So when we're doing the spiritual stuff, we're merely engaging with that level of density that's still the one thing. When we're doing our visualization exercises, when we're doing our mental rehearsal, when we're reading and expanding our belief systems, we're playing with the same thing, energy, but just at a different level of density. And then when I'm taking inspired action, when I'm choosing to follow through and choosing to show up as the person who I'm intending to be and who I've done the meditating on and I've done the visualization on, then I'm simply playing in the same energy, just at a level of density that I can engage with, with my five senses. Right. And I bring all of that in and then add a clear intention at the front end that I've consciously set into play so that my spiritual stuff is in alignment with that clear intention, my visualization, my mindset work, my belief systems that I'm expanding into are clearly in alignment with that spiritual stuff and the intention that I'm acting in alignment with the beliefs I've expanded and then following through on the spiritual work that I've done, having set a clear intention, that's when stuff starts showing up. So let's, that, that, that was a, a necessarily long-winded way, which is kind of unusual for you, but it's kind <laughs> of a, a, a long-winded way of, of saying, let's see if we can condense it. How do we break it down into something really, really simple? Mm-hmm. And that's what the flow funnel does. The flow funnel becomes choose, feel, see, and do. That's it. Yeah, that that pretty that's about as simple as it's going to get. You just took 150 words and condensed them to four. That's pretty darn good. <laughs> but yeah, that's what we do. We choose. We set the intention. We choose. I mean, we're always setting intentions, whether consciously or subconsciously. But we're consciously choosing. We're disrupting. We're choosing the intention. Then we feel it. That's when we do our spiritual work because mm-hmm. all the spiritual work really is about getting that spirit, that energetic body, our our spirit, our feelings, our emotional state in alignment with it. See, am I able to experience it mentally? If not, then I don't believe it's possible and I'm not going to be able to to create it. And then do, act in alignment. Choose, feel, see, and do. Interestingly enough, the person who uh, raised the question said, uh, there's a particular person that taught me about spirituality, an Amtrak conductor from Philadelphia, and I'm thankful for having him in my life. How about that? Wow. Go That's fairly that. unusual. Go <laughs> so you take a train trip and you get spiritual enlightenment all on the same trip. That's pretty darn good. Train to somewhere. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, the, the the thing that I think a lot of people run into, and I had run into and experienced this myself, is I, in fact I even saw a post about this just a few days ago is that we start trying to do these processes. You know, okay, we don't really have the habit going yet, so, okay, we're going to be really dedicated about it, and we're focused, and yes, we're doing our thing, and then we drop it and go on to the rest of the day, and then we start contradicting it, and then we go off to do something else, and now it's now the vibration's going in about five different directions, and, you know, we we lose track, and then, oh, no, we got to get back to it, and we start getting manic about it, but the thing hasn't shown up yet. Oh, no, let's start keeping score because it hadn't shown up. We... We just get so befuddled by the whole process, mm-hmm. partly because we're not used to it, but partly because meditation at first seems hard to us. Mm-hmm. It just seems hard. And I think it's because, primarily because we spend so much of our effort keeping score. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to do my meditation. Okay, where's the result? <laughs> <laughs> the analogy that I love to use on that is, Planting a seed and then digging it up every few hours to see that's right, <laughs> exactly. Rather than watering it, and so yeah. the and um, the thing that came, I think, I was doing a Facebook live or something for my, my my Facebook group the other day, and it was 
or was it? A, no, I did a webinar on Sunday. That's what mm. I did. I did a webinar on vision okay. boards and my movies. I said, well, we pick the seed or we choose the fruit that we want to see or the flower that we want to see. We plant it. We then water it. And then when it's ready, we harvest it or pick it. Mm-hmm. We don't pick it up every, every day. <laughs> or the, the subconscious intentioning is just randomly picking seeds and then complaining at the end when it's, you know, I wanted bananas, but this is a mango. Ah! Yeah, right. <laughs> Pick the mango seed, plant it, give it the right nutrients, plant it in the right soil, water it, tend to it, which is the action piece. And then when it's ready, you harvest mm-hmm. as opposed to, okay, I've planted the seed. <laughs> okay, I checked it yesterday. Let me check it again. <laughs> but I put it under my microscope and it's still not <laughs> sprouting. <laughs> Why is the microscope not making it grow? <laughs> in the soil. And, there, and there's it. also uh, the fertilizer, the nutrients. Exactly. You know, we forget about that part too. What's the, the the fertilizer really can't do its work if we're constantly studying the seed. <laughs> <laughs> it must be in the soil. Yeah, that's a frustrating thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think I saw somebody posting about how this whole meditation thing wasn't working for her because things weren't working in terms of attracting what she'd wanted to attract the things that weren't showing up and she was getting burned out over it. I thought mm. that was an interesting comment. She was getting burned out. And and mm. so when you made your comment about uh, meditation, I wondered, geez, I wonder what Dan's going to think about that one. <laughs> well, if I mean, this is the thing. When we get to the nitty gritty of it, the mind never fails to create that, which it sets out to create. The subconscious. So we've actually never failed at manifesting or creating a single thing. Right. We just perhaps weren't conscious of what we were creating and didn't consciously choose it, but we did choose it. There isn't an auto teller happening here. There is a request that's being responded to and becoming the experiences that we, we witness in our lives. So if she's witnessing that she's not creating it, that means that on some level, she's still creating the non thing. Mm-hmm which unfortunately we don't like to own sometimes because it means that we can't blame everyone or anything. We can't blame oh. the person that taught us the meditation. We have to own that the meditation was the only thing and that the meditation can only line up with the intention. And then the intention can only be made, um, made manifest in our lives as long as we believe it's possible. And if we believed it was possible, then we would witness and experience it. And if we, we can't blame that, people anymore. Really? Certainly not. Um, <laughs> It's an inside job, sadly, no. <laughs> no kidding, yeah, in more than one way. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if she's getting burnt out, you know, and that's possible. Sure. She's expending a lot of energy doing that. Oh, yeah. And the emotional drain of having a hope set on experiencing something and not experiencing it is going to pose a drain that is going to make her feel burnt out at some point. This is why I often say to people, you know, take a step back from the creative process sometimes. Because trying to push when the scene isn't set to receive the thing because the beliefs aren't there, what, what have you. Or when I say to people to micro shift and take those baby steps and what you're creating and they say, but I need a million dollars now. Ah. Mm. But going for the million dollars just is burning you out. Why not go for a small amount and then start to build up? But there we go. Actually, on that same topic of money, somebody posted recently along that line of, mm. uh, you know, I, I can't seem to manifest any money. Mm-hmm. My immediate reaction was, you have manifested every single dollar that came up and came around in your life. <laughs> and he wrote back like, wow, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> in my, uh, my Micro to Millions program, which is a um, program that I've got that is the money-based one, but really it's not really money-based. It's about being abundant, mm-hmm. which money is just a, a reflection of. But in Micro to Millions, I said the other day, you know, the second that you start being more grateful for the smaller amounts... Mm-hmm. is when you start to open up the gates yeah. to the bigger amounts. And it's really interesting because earlier on in the program, um, we had people that were manifesting the smaller sums and they were like, yeah, it's not happening fast enough and blah, blah, blah. Whereas actually when we let go of the obsession with the time, we then are no longer a slave to time and that's when things can happen in the now. But when we're so caught up in the when we end up being locked in slavery to time into the, the time illusion and therefore become subservient to the laws of time. Whereas when we let go of that, then flow can start happening more instantaneously. 
the, the one I like, and this is one that I've done many times, unfortunately, um, is where you uh, decide, okay, I'm going to let go. I'm not. I'm just going to let go of those results. I'm. I'm just <laughs> focusing on enjoying. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good right now, you know. And I'm just going to stay with that feeling good thing, and I stick with it, and I stick with it. Okay, so where's the result? <laughs> <laughs> now, tell me honestly, have you ever experienced that? I do, but I've got a really cool hack that we give our clients to use in that one because all that's happened is you've just basically fallen, fallen, fallen from grace, as biblically you, you describe it. But the really cool thing is, is that the second that you're aware of the fact that you've done it, you can just get straight back on the horse. Exactly right. Yeah, I like and that. You can dissolve any disempowering effect of that moment or two that you spent out of alignment by simply recognizing that that was done and consciously setting the intention just to come back into alignment. Mm. Because the effects of anything that's happened in the past can only have a say in the moment if we carry it energetically into the now. So if we don't bring in oh my gosh, and the shame, and oh my goodness, I've done that, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, cool, that's done. Thank you. Have some gratitude for it. And if you can't be grateful for it, it's a really cool trick I learned the other day. Just intend and wish that you were grateful for it, and you get exactly the same energetic signature. Come back to the present moment mm. and keep going. And that's Interesting it. idea. Yeah, that, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, that's it. It's a hack. I call it um, unmanifesting. <laughs> Unmanifesting? Yeah, okay. because sometimes we go off and start manifesting something we haven't necess- we don't necessarily want. Oh, I see what you mean. So by yeah. taking the plug out of the right. energy and awareness and just coming back to the now, it no longer has any power to be birthed. That's mm-hmm. when you, you dig up the seed and throw it away. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and that's the clean version. <laughs> <laughs> it can get much, much nastier than that. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> Oh, let's see. So we've got a lot, as usual, we have a ton of discussion going on here, and I'm going to just kind of do a little quick thing here to see if I can spot any questions coming through. Mostly people just sharing their viewpoints and, and some really interesting commentary with each other. Um, so I don't see any questions going on there. So I'm just going to, oh, wait a minute. Uh, about the money thing. You know what, guys? It's always like this. Many people dream big things, but don't realize that they have to make little steps to go forward. Everyone wants everything right now. Hmm. What do you think of that? Everyone has to make small steps forward if that's their belief system. Ah, oh, like that. That's it. Yeah. I mean, going back to Micro to Millions, I had one guy. He'd had, it, I always find him to be the funniest example of anyone that I've ever worked with because he got involved in the program just off the cuff. He's like, oh, he, I think he saw me on something. He's like, oh. It was around the time that we launched, he got involved. And then when he got involved, the Facebook group started and everyone started talking about manifesting. And he's like, oh my God, what have I done? I bought into this program. I don't know anything about manifesting. Like, this program isn't about manifesting. It's about creating, mm-hmm. but relax. He's like, oh no, everyone's, this person's talking that they, they saw it in the field. What's the field? What field are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and he went into this real big panic. I was like, dude, just relax, relax. Take a deep breath. The program is designed to baby step you. Completely relax. Anyway, first and foremost, a couple of days later, his business partner turns around and says, here, here's $25,000 to invest in in our business. Within days, this is how. We hadn't even, I don't even think we did the first intention setting. (laughs) I think I just sent them off to play the money game. That's when I first started sharing the money game publicly with people. Wow. Um, So that happened. And he's like, Okay. Then people that owed him money just started calling him up and paying back money. Nice. Then he found out that he was part of a $4 million class action. Oh my God. (laughs) And then within six months, his business was making a hundred grand a month or a hundred grand every couple of weeks or something stupid like that. And he's like, I'm cool now. I don't need to do the program anymore. I'm like, I don't (laughs) need to do it either. (laughs) Because it's designed, it's designed to take you all the way to a million plus, but he was like, I'm really happy here. I'm really, really happy here. And I'm like, bro, you're the MVP. Now, for him, it didn't take a long time. We're talking about within days, weeks, and and within a couple of months, his numbers were very, very big. And, and clearly he had some anxiety. He had anxiety you, and he had no experience with what was going on. Yeah. And it was really interesting because sometimes people that know the least have the least expectations mm-hmm. and therefore the, less, the, the, the least mental junk getting in the way of the experience. 
I mean, I've, I've got some great results. You know, one guy's at half a million. Some people are still just getting into stability. Everyone's at different pay, different places. Mm-hmm. You know? Some people are just getting their debts clear now, and they've been mm-hmm. on this since January. Some people are starting to get surplus and starting to make investments, and some people are just sort of been making sort of one or two steps every month or two. Mm-hmm. But everybody's moving at their own pace, and their pace is always going to be dictated by their belief about what is and is not possible. Mm-hmm. So what I would say to this person is if that's their belief and they're happy with it, cool. Yeah. If it serves them, cool. I will never tell anyone to go into the work of changing a belief unless they're ready to go into the work to change a belief. And if the belief isn't disempowering and it serves you, carry on. But note, and this is for anyone else listening, you do not have to be held captive to someone else's beliefs. Mm-hmm. And someone else's beliefs is going to dictate their time and not yours. And your time can expand and shift if you're ready to put the work in to shift and expand those beliefs. Now, when you say work, I know that people who are familiar with this topic, as most of our listeners are, are going Mm -hmm. to understand that that's a form of spiritual work. A lot of people, though, are going to think, oh, my God, I have to go do a nine-to-five job. I have to really (laughs) work at this every day. So talk about the work. What kind of work are you talking about? The work of creating alignment is what. When I say the work, I'm talking about the work of creating alignment, which is, getting into the habit of being deliberate in what you're intending and creating on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So getting, stepping into the driver's seat of what you're actually setting out to create the blueprint that you're sending out on a regular basis. We do that disruptively through intention setting. And with my model, we then overwrite the, the overriding system, the autopilot. So the autopilot starts moving in that direction too. So we're long-term and short-term. Then we're talking about doing that work to actually have dominion over our energetic body, which is going to affect our emotional state, our feelings, our ability to move things, our ability to quiet the mind and so on and so forth. So the spiritual work of it. of it. But then also, for me, I'm talking about the inner work in terms of the beliefs and the mindset too. So what are you consuming? What are your inputs? Are those inputs in line with the experiences that you say you want? Or are you still watching depressing stuff that and having conversations with people and listening to music that makes you feel really crap. What inputs are you feeding to the mind? And are those supporting the expansion that you want to see in your beliefs? Are you spending time cultivating the vision of what you want to experience? And then the work physically is following through with that. Is it interesting too, how often people who know this stuff will end up feeding, what are you calling the inputs? I think you're calling them. You know, feeding themselves inputs that are directly contrary to what they're trying to, to do because they enjoy them, but they're kind of fun, or they're entertaining, or mm-hmm. you know, whatever it might be. There's a lot of reasons for them, but I, and and I've noticed I do it at times too without even recognizing that I'm doing it. It's like, oh my god, what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, on that topic, I was uh, I went to go and watch a really really powerful channel called Paul Selig. Um, Gosh, when did I go there? It was last month or the month before. He had an event in New York with Aubrey Marcus, who's a podcaster, who I hadn't had any experience with before then, but since now follow him, he's got some great stuff. And he spoke about um, conscious folly, I think, is the way that he, he, he just... He, something to do with conscious, but folly that you're engaging in mm-hmm. consciously. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're listening to a particular album, and it, it should traditionally make you feel depressed, but you're stepping into it in a space of consciousness then you can observe it as a witness and enjoy it as a witness True. versus being in it, right? So I love movies. There are certain shows I like to watch, but there's sometimes when I, I, I see the trailer and I can just feel energetically, it's just pulling, not pulling me in a place. The Joker, I think that's going to be an amazing movie. I love Whacking Phoenix. I think that they're going to do a great job of it. But as I watched the trailer, I didn't like how it made me feel. Now, if I'm prepared to do the work of, setting my energetic boundaries and having my mind to clear that I'm detached from it energetically and just witnessing it fine. But at the moment, at that time, at that point in time, I actually was falling into flow of the rhythm of it. And therefore I chose not to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what you essentially said there is that we have tons of opportunities to come our way of deciding, do I like this? Does it feel good? And if not, am I going to send the right, set the right boundaries for it? It's not like there's any lack of these opportunities. They show up a hundred times in a day. I mean, they just are all over the place. Uh, so the, the real question isn't, 
are the opportunities there? The real question is, which ones are we going to pick? Because we don't, we can't pick them all. There's just too much coming <laughs> through. You, you have to kind of pick and choose. You know, you, some people call it picking your battles. I call it just picking what you like. <laughs> exactly. And one cool thing to always remember is that because we live in um, a series of multiverses, each every single conceivable outcome that you could ever think of is actually happening concurrently from from the quantum. Uh, quantum physics perspective and so you don't have to chase after everything just choose what feels good now mm-hmm. because guaranteed there's an alternate dimension where there's a ver- version of you that likes the other thing and is enjoying it so why not just focus your intention your attention on what feels good to you now and then mm-hmm. pick those pick what feels good now yeah that that's one of the things i really really like about the abraham hicks teaching because they just cut it right down to that thing what how does it feel to you does this feel better does it feel worse does it feel mm-hmm. better does it feel worse which makes things so much simpler than mm. other approaches that I know about, just because uh, we're, we're dealing with so much stimuli, especially now. I mean, compared to, say, even 20 years ago, yes. the amount of stimuli. 10, 10 years ago, even. 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just accelerating crazily. Mm. And, and when you're dealing with that much, you, uh, if you don't have a way to filter out the ones that you don't want to deal with so you can focus on the ones you do have to deal with, I mean, you're just lost. <laughs> I don't care if you believe in law of attraction or not. You're just <laughs> lost. <laughs> but, but this is a cool thing. This is where the spiritual stuff comes in. And I'm using the word spiritual stuff because I think that's just great spiritual stuff. Okay. Spiritual stuff can give you a relationship with yourself wherein you can start to be more discerning in what feels good. Mm. So, for example, um, one of the, the, the modalities that we use with our clients to get to build their archetype models is something called human design. And human design gives a really cool roadmap in how you process energy, but it also can give you an optimal way that you can make your choices and, and, and feel into things. So I'm a sacral generator, which means that I can feel into what feels good to me in the moment based on a sacral response. How does it feel in my sacral center? But I've developed a stronger relationship through, with my sacral center through certain types of meditation and through my yoga practice. Mm-hmm. So now I have a much clearer connection to the voice of my sacral center. Mm-hmm. And that allows me to tap in more closely to what is going to feel good and what's optimal for me in the moment. Well, that, interestingly enough, ties in very nicely to a question that's been raised. Hey. And here's the question. Let's see if I can find it because it's, uh, it, it's scrolled up here kind of quickly. Uh, okay. Uh, same person who asked the previous question says, I've got another uh, topic. What do you think about learning disabilities? And the example given is dyscalculia. So I've got Asperger's, which is a form of autism. Mm-hmm. And people refer to Asperger's as a disorder or like a disease. Whereas I'm like, hey, I, got, I get a lot of wins from, from my Asperger's. I know families that deal with nonverbal autistic members of the family. And I know people who are a lot more apparently on the, the neuro, <laughs> the, the neurodiverse scale than me. So a lot more Asperger and a lot more autistic than me. And the thing is, is that everybody's having their own dance. If we look at this, if we get a bit more deep now and go to the soul level, right? Everyone's got their own dance that they're having on this adventure in, in these meat sacks that we call our bodies. And our play with the adventure has more or less flavor depending on what's going on. And so first and foremost, a lot of these disabilities, like learning disabilities, we have to look at what the yardstick is. The yardstick is the government says you have to be able to do this exam or be able to read this. But that's, again, if we look at life holistically, just one piece of the puzzle. Someone may not be the best reader, but have the most beautiful mind for art. Mm-hmm. Richard Branson is dyslexic, mm-hmm. still made a few billion dollars, right? Not, um, not too shabby. Not too shabby. Um, Stevie Wonder, blind, mm-hmm. listens yeah. to music that he's made. Oh, he couldn't see parts with his eyes, but he can hear. He's one of my favorite musicians. So my personal view on what people refer to as disabilities is it's at some level of consciousness, a way of spicing things up. Mm-hmm. My personal view. Does idea. that make things more challenging for the individual and those around them? Perhaps. But at the end of the day, none of us are getting out of this alive. So just have as much fun as you can with what shows up. <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> and that's where I sit with it. So 
I believe that there's something more spiritual going on and a little bit more interdimensional. And I actually plan, I'm, I don't know if I spoke to you about the documentary stuff that we're doing into no. next year. Yeah, I'm doing on that and working with getting the production team together. But one of the questions that I would like to ex- explore is the whole phenomena of autism and Asperger's and whether there's something more going on at an interdimension level and going to meet some shamans and holy men and thought leaders and see what they've got to say on the topic. So um, that's a question that I plan to explore from because of my own personal experience. Uh, but yeah, in terms of learning disability, look at the yardstick and ask yourself, what more is there that they do? That we all have something con- to, to contribute to the, the tapestry of, of the universe, which is what my last book was all about, The Dreamers mm-hmm. Manifesto. And I don't think that anybody has anything less than anybody else to contribute. It's just a matter of seeing it against the backdrop of the, of the full the full orchestra, as opposed to, oh, that person just playing a, tri- a triangle. Mm-hmm. Well, that triangle has a has something to add to the, the symphony, I think. I, I agree with you. In fact, um, and, and a number of times we've talked about people um, with disabilities of various kinds here on the show. Um, but I'm going to make a point that I, I don't think I've made in the past. Maybe I did. I, I mean, there's so many shows I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so but, but yeah, so many shows. You know, so, so many shows, so little time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm not sure the word disabled really applies. Hmm. Okay. I say that because everybody has different strengths. Everybody has different tool sets. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you don't have my tool set, are you disabled? Hmm. See, I think that's what's really going on with the whole disability conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to label you as disabled because you can't do something that I expect you to do. Hmm. Well, that doesn't actually make a whole lot of sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it really makes no sense at all. Basically, that's saying, if you can't live the way I want you to live, there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Like, no... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that just doesn't work. <laughs> it's more, it's just more, more threads on the on the tapestry. Yeah, pretty no. much. Yeah, mm. yeah. Whereas like if we it. understand it as different people having different skills, different, like you say, different ways to contribute. I thought that was a beautiful way to say it. Mm. Um, I I was absolutely blown away when I saw the movie about, and I'm not going to remember her name. Temple Temple Grandin. Temple Grandin um, is actually autistic. She's mm-hmm. on that end of the Asperger's syndrome, but uh, through the support of her mother, um, who basically had no help because uh, Temple was born in like the 1960s or something like that. So this was way before there was any real understanding of this stuff. Um, her mother just was determined to raise her as if she was normal, mm-hmm. just to teach her as if she was normal, dealing with the fact that she couldn't handle stuff. Certain mm-hmm. kinds of things, but you know, just insisting, setting ground rules, setting boundaries. You know, mm-hmm. You're going to you're going to do your studying every day. You're going you're just just developing mm-hmm. habits and so forth. And in the process of doing that, Temple was actually able to learn how to be a regular um, communicator with people in ways that other autistic people could not do. Mm. So as she learned how to interact with the non-autistic world. Mm-hmm. She found ways to basically be a translator for people with autism mm-hmm. to people who don't have autism. Oh, wow. And uh, there's actually a movie about her. No, I, think it's, I think it's called Temple Grandin. It came out probably 15, 20 years ago, something like that. Uh, and it's a story of her life. Um, one of the things that I, I just love from that movie, she um, she ended up working in the livestock field and developed much more humane ways of, of handling and processing cattle into meat and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's one scene from the movie where she goes to visit her, I think it's her aunt and uncle on a ranch someplace out in the Western part of the U S I don't remember exactly where. Uh, and she is, she approaches a gate. Now, now most ranches have like, uh, you know, a cattle gate that opens so that vehicles can pass through and so forth. And there was a cattle gate there, but the way they filmed it, they showed her understanding of the gate, which was as the gate swung, she could see the angle of the gate versus the post changing as it was opening. And they're drawing that as like a mathematical diagram on the screen. Got it. And I was saying, wow, 
What a way to understand a gate. I mean, I see a gate. I just see a gate. She's seeing this whole mathematical structure opening up. And I'm saying, wow. And and, and she's disabled? Really? I feel disabled compared to her. <laughs> it's just the measuring stick, man. It's just That's all it is. Yeah. I'm going to take a look at that film. That sounds really cool. Yeah. If you haven't seen that movie, definitely check no, it out. I, I would say it was groundbreaking for what I'll call the autism Asperger's spectrum movement for lack of a better term. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. She, she basically literally opening doors was a theme in the movie. Okay. She, she was afraid of doors. Okay. And, and one of the big deals for her was learning how to go through a door. Mm-hmm. And it, it turns out that going through a door had not just a physical meaning. It had a spiritual meaning because passing through a door meant growing. Hmm. So literally every time she went through a door, she said, I went through the door and she mm-hmm. did it excitedly. Mm. Like, wow. I mean, how many people have that level of insight about something that is a very simple metaphor? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's if, if you want to understand what I'm talking about, I think you already get it. But yeah. if anyone wants to understand what I'm talking about, watch that movie. You'll get a different feel for what disability is. And you'll realize disability is not a word that really applies at all. Hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I don't think I've ever said that on the program Hmm. before. (laughs) So let's see. Do we have any other questions coming through here? Oh, does mindfulness make your life easier? Are you happier because you practice it? And what's the outcome of it when you do it? I had a really interesting um, thing that came into my inbox this morning, which said, Unless the happiness was there at the point of setting the intention, it won't be at the point of receiving it. Mm. So if someone's going into something from the space of lack seeking, then you won't find it because you've set, you planted seeds in a field of lack. Mm -hmm. And so there will always be something unfulfilled. I would offer the, the way to approach mindfulness and anything that we're seeking to create or bring into our lives is that we're adding to ourselves, recognizing our perfection and wholeness in the moment and expanding more deeply into that wholeness and perfection from the zero point of perfection of the now. Mm -hmm. Um, Can it make you more happy? It can expand the happiness in your experience, but it can't make you happy. Right. It can offer you the opportunity to tap into more happiness. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. But if the happiness isn't there, you can't see the happiness because you're waiting for that thing to save you. Then you're setting yourself up to fail. It's an interesting thing because when I think of the word mindfulness, I think of that as being in the moment. Mm-hmm. But the moment that you're thinking about mindfulness in terms of a future result, you're no longer in the moment. You're no longer present. Wait a minute. What happened here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mindfulness is, is beautiful. I think um, it's, that's what they're calling spirituality now anyway. It's the, the popcorn phrase. Oh, is that the, the latest yeah, for it. Okay. mindfulness practice. Oh, well. I meditate. I'm so snooty uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, approaching mindfulness, spiritual practice, intention setting, whatever it is, going into it, recognizing that this is a new moment. And by staying in that, the beauty of that new moment, as I move through the activity, move through the action, then you get to witness the fun and play of the whole thing, as opposed to, I must receive happiness from this adventure into mindfulness. <laughs> what is happiness indeed? You sound like a Shakespearean actor. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but that, those are my, my two pennies on it. And you know, my two cents. I think that's great. I think you hit the nail on the head there to be perfectly honest. So mm-hmm. yeah, very good. Do we have any other questions coming through here? Uh, don't, Oh, he thinks you, he thinks of you as Ralph Lauren or she thinks of you as Ralph Lauren. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> Funny or thing is Jeffrey. Not. I'm not sure. Well, somebody here is Ralph I'm Lauren. I'm actually wearing a Ralph Lauren. Top. Oh, that's where it is. Okay. <laughs> well, for those who aren't quite sure, Ralph Lauren is actually Daniel Mangane. So that's how you. Know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I don't really see any of the questions there. So I'm just going to continue with where I was going with it. Um, so, you know, like going back to the example of the person who um, had that tremendous breakthrough and all of a sudden all the money started coming into his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, that, I'm speaking as one who, I think everybody has one weak point, you know, people who've been studying this stuff, like I'm really great with relationships mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm pretty darn good with 
you know, body healing, and I'm, mm-hmm. I can even influence the weather. For me, the weak point is money, and and everybody seems to have that one weak point. Um, mm-hmm. Joel Elston, who does the Thursday podcast, with, or has been lately, he's had been kind of on hiatus because we've been shifting schedules around. Mm-hmm. But he he talks about how he has clients who are multi billionaires mm-hmm. who can't get their relationships straight. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like there's always there's this one weak point, mm-hmm. and, and so when you talked about the guy who had this big breakthrough. First of all, anybody who has the the monetary weak point, that sounds like, oh, okay, sign me up. Where do I find where do I find the course for this thing, right? But but the second thing is, why do you think we have a weak point? That's really where I'm going. Why why is it that there's always this one thing that always holds us back? Here's the thing. Here's my feeling on this. If we were perfect, I think we would have transcended the confines of humanity and being in the ethers. Probably right true. Yeah. And ascended, right? And when we look at this again from what the conversation is in relation to soul-based stuff. Generally speaking, there's, there's, the conversation tends to lean towards there being a particular adventure that we incarnate to experience mm. or one thing that God created us in order to witness and observe in play and action. A lot of my work is in creating a holistic rounded off life. So we start, the, we open up, accepting membership for the mastermind for the January start. I think November, I think we do that. But one of the things that we're looking at in the mastermind is getting beyond abundance in our health relationships and our money. So not financial, like I do with micro to millions or with health, which some people do, but no, let's establish a balance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as we establish the balance, do so from a, a space of play yeah. And understanding that rounding the thing off may mean that some things are ahead of others. So, mm-hmm. for example, sports, sporty people, they may excel a little bit more at soccer than they will at basketball, right? Sure. Or cricket. Right. But they're still a sporty person. Mm-hmm. So if they become less obsessed with, I must be equal measures of all sports, and actually just enjoy the fun of playing sports and recognize that some sports are stronger than others. Mm-hmm. Then the stories that create the pain and suffering around not being so good at some things and others starts to dissipate. And the funny thing is, is where we place our attention, where we place our energy, which is one of, one of my doc, one of my doctors, one of my teachers, Dr. Joe Dispenza says, when we take the energy away from what we don't have and focus and shift it to what we do have, that starts to expand and more of the fun and play, the adventure, the joy starts to become more the, pre- the prevalent experience that we have in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so even when we are having those relationship challenges, for example, because I'm the opposite to you, for me, it's the relationship interpersonal. Oh, relationship. Really? <laughs> That's where I have to put the most attention at mm-hmm. the moment in my life in terms of expanding. And, mm-hmm. in. but I don't get obsessed with that right. because if I do, all that's going to happen is the challenge is going to become the prevalent thing in my mental environment and therefore more of what I'm creating subconsciously. So instead That's right. I focus on abundance as a whole mm-hmm. and enjoy the beauty that I do have in my relationships and lovingly play with expansion into those areas where I want to see more growth. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Right. So doing it that way. So anyone that's finding money to be a challenge, if you run you know, add me on Facebook, I want to be on your program. <laughs> I'm probably not going to accept you because if you're coming into from a space of lack, it's not going to be of service to you. And I'm not interested in people's money when it's not going to serve them. And number two, if you're not approaching it, understanding that it's not about the money, it's about the ability to create alignment on command that actually mm. brings the results. Yeah. That's what really matters. So whether it's relationship, whether it's health, whether it's your energy levels, whether it's stopping smoking, whether it's getting to the right career, no matter what it is, what it comes down to is number one, being very clear on what that feels like, feels like, not what it looks like, what it feels like, because that's how intentions are actually set. Mm-hmm. The words that we write down really is what matters is the feeling that they trigger within us. That's how the, the creation guided system works. Being able to connect with that and having enough dominion over our energetic bodies or energetic level of experience so that we can command how we feel about it, which is where the spiritual practices come in. Being able to visualize and experience it mentally and then showing up every day from a space of love and expansion as if it's already happened mm. and not from a space of lack. Yeah. That's the formula. It whether it's money, formula. whether it's health, doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, mm. and I agree with that. Uh, in fact, the, the point about feeling being such a big 
key portion of the overall puzzle uh, is a topic that Cindy Chavez and I have discussed as we do our Neville Goddard discussions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, without, without getting into what Neville teaches, uh, the, the point that we like to make and talk about, and I'm curious what your viewpoint is, um, is that feeling, we usually think of feeling in terms of emotional feeling or mm-hmm. you know, how does it feel inside that kind of thing. But we also like to remember that feeling also involves our five senses. Mm-hmm. So I can feel with my fingers. Mm-hmm. I can also feel by hearing something or seeing something or smelling something or tasting something. I mean, they're all part of the feeling process. Mm-hmm. And so in essence, when, well, I, I should probably be expanding this to all five shows that I do each week, but on Wednesdays, <laughs> feeling is about six senses. It's the five senses plus emotional feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know what you think about that. Well, I think it's great that, we're looping that into the conversation here because what's important to understand is even when we're talking about the different levels of alignment as, as, as we have been, we're not, these things aren't happening in a linear fashion. It's mm-hmm. expanding and contracting all in the now. Mm-hmm. So all of these pieces are all part of the self. And so all of these pieces play, come into play, and all of them should be in alignment with what we're setting out to experience. Mm-hmm. So what I'm consuming through my senses where I'm directing my senses attention wise and where I'm directing my inner escape should all be in alignment with what I'm choosing to create. Mm. Otherwise I'm deliberately sabotaging deliberately. Otherwise I'm sabotaging myself and creating the disconnect that results in not experiencing what we've chosen, mm-hmm. not manifesting that which we've set out to manifest, Good point. Yeah. not being the frequency that matches that which we're seeking to attract, which is what the law of attraction really is all about, the law of vibration. It's being the frequency of that which we want to experience. And that is how does the version of me that's in that experience, how do they feel? What do they believe? And what are they doing? Mm. The second that I match that here, I line myself up with that experience and then I can have it and witness it with my senses. Mm. But it requires bringing all of that in, including what we do with our senses, what we do with our mind, what we do with our hearts, what we do with our thoughts. Bringing those all into alignment is what allows the change or the creation to happen. That's a nice way of describing what I'll call the holistic experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that, that basically takes all those pieces, as you call them, and pulls mm-hmm. them all into one large piece. A <laughs> state of being. Just it's being. a state of being, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's also more than a state. It's a dynamic of being. Yes. You know, it, it, it's being in action. Um, you mentioned the idea of coming into this life with mm-hmm. certain intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually wanted to ask you a, sort of a corollary question to that. What do you think of the concept of a soul contract? Do you believe in soul contracts? Do you think they actually occur? Contracts can be broken. So my, my thing is this. Any time that anybody, and I've actually, there's some very famous authors who I completely disagree with what they teach. And I think it's quite sad that they're teaching it. I won't name names, but if my friend Rochelle is watching this, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Every time my friend Rochelle starts quoting this person, I'm like, Ugh, throw them in the bin. <laughs> the one thing, but the one thing that God cannot do is be less than itself. Mm. The one thing that infinite possibility cannot be is constricted. The second that we start constricting infinite possibility, the second that we start limiting God, God is no longer God. And so, the second that someone says, I have to do this because of this, this, and this, I have, I automatically shut down. Mm. I, I no longer can listen to anything you have to say mm-hmm. because you've literally described something that's completely out of alignment with the truth of reality or the truth of, of creation, which is that we live in a universe of infinite possibilities mm-hmm. and omnipresent, omniscient, omnipossibilis. <laughs> and so they invented a new latin there i think that's pretty cool <laughs> so the second that someone says oh i have to do this because of my soul contract i say okay so when does free will come into it where does choice come mm. and the fact of the matter is is had a soul perfected itself then it would no longer need to incarnate so you're depending on something that is not infallible in order to commit to courses of actions that your experience may actually add wisdom to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So soul contracts for me, do I believe that they exist? I didn't up until I did certain levels of learning. I realized that I was calling them something else. And so, yes, but contracts can be broken or they can be fulfilled and therefore don't need to continue. To What's the other broken. thing you were calling them? Um, I didn't have like a name, name, name. It was just like basically um, soul's intentions. Oh, okay. Type thing. So. Yeah. That's reasonable. That, that's it. So, yeah, soul contracts, do I believe that they are true? 
I believe that I don't have at this level of consciousness sufficient information to mm-hmm. doubt and refute them. Mm-hmm. And therefore I'm open to the possibility of them being true. Yeah. But I do, I, I cannot accept that soul contracts can constrict infinite possibility because then we're saying that infinite possibility is an infinite possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Um, I, I, I actually struggled a little bit with the concept of soul contracts until I finally realized soul contracts are like almost everything else. Probably I say almost because I'm, I'm kind of hedging my bet a little bit <laughs> but, but just, just to be safe, just in case I'm, uh, it's not truly everything else. But I think everything else that, that, we use to describe this stuff in the various conversations we have on the overall topic. They're all metaphorical. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really don't think there are any that are not metaphorical. And I consider soul contract to be another metaphor. You know, Did, so I, I agree with you. And do you know, what? I'd even go a step further. I'd say, and this actually popped up as you just, you're speaking time isn't real anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We exist in a series of snapshots or quantum if you're a physicist within which a contract exists or does not exist based on your acceptance of it. Right. And so regardless of whether a contract is real or not, because time only exists for us to experience things at this level of consciousness, the second that we step out of that and above the senses and step into fourth and fifth dimensions and beyond, then the thing that makes a soul contract even have the power of time disappears and therefore isn't real. And so I'd say, yeah, we could call it a metaphor. We could just say it's something that exists in the now as and when we choose to have it in the now. But as the author and creator of our lives, we can choose to let go, move beyond, or even write out or even fulfill a soul contract at any time. It's a matter of choice. And having the sufficient skills or the sufficient experience to work with those different levels of consciousness and, and, and cancel that out, I think. I think you're right. It, it reminds me of something that uh, the fiction author Richard Bach um, once said. You, you can um, take the pages as they are. You can rewrite them. You can tear them up. You can scribble on them if you want to. Mm-hmm. The point is, it's your tools. You, you get to decide how you're mm-hmm. going to use your tools. You get to decide which tools you're going to use. So if sole contract works for you, great. And if sole contract doesn't work for you, great. It doesn't matter. The point mm-hmm. is, does the tool work for you? You know, if I need a hammer and I pick up a, a wrench and the wrench doesn't really hammer well, well, I'll put the wrench down and I'll pick up a hammer. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> this is not a difficult concept. <laughs> but I think people, and I know we're running low in time, so I'm, I'm not going to be long on this, but I think it's important for people to understand that a lot of the time, the choices that we're making about what we allow to hold us back is simply a reflection of the fact that we're not ready to move forward. That's true. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. But only, and then you can try and make the choice of whether to transcend it or sit with it or not. Which is why I wish we had another hour because you mentioned my favorite word of the week, which is acceptance. And, mm. and we could do an entire hour, I think, on acceptance. Well, accept is step one of beyond intention, so we can have lots of conversation on that another time. Well, then I'm going to have to just approach <laughs> the possibility here. Can we have you back? I'm always ready to come back. Just let me know when. Then, then let's work that out. Let's figure out a time. We'll have you yeah. back and we'll, we'll start getting into acceptance. Well, that's that first it. step. Because I, I, I love that topic, especially this week. We actually did a show just entitled Acceptance. So, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, before we go, I want to remind people who are not yet subscribers, please become one. Very simple to do. You can find us on almost all of the, certainly all the major podcast platforms out there and even many of the minor ones. But if you can't find it for whatever reason, just go to our homepage of our website, LOAToday.net and right at the top of the page you will find instructions for your particular device so you can subscribe <laughs> and within three or four clicks you are following us five different shows a week and every show is different and every show is wonderful and feel free also to check us out on YouTube subscribe to our YouTube channel just search on LOA Today podcast videos and click the little bell after you subscribe and you'll get notified every time we're going live stream so you can be part of our live stream audience or just check the, uh, the replay afterward but uh, whichever way you come, I, I do hope you become a subscriber. Um, our numbers are increasing. We're not huge yet, uh, Daniel, but we're up around 350 per episode. So we're doing better and better and better. Nice, nice, nice. Things, things getting better and better. Hey, I, I learned about, uh, oh, I think it was a half year ago, that the average podcast of all topics has an audience of around 135. So I figured, oh, great, I'm above average. How cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a podcaster and I, I use podcasts a lot. And actually what the consultant I've been working with said is that, if you have 300 or more, 
you're actually probably in the top 20 for your topic. Is that right? Really? Wow. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I'll forward you the email. I'll forward you the email. I can tell you that from the moment that I I started the podcast, which was a little over seven years ago, just uh, celebrated the seventh anniversary of the show, uh, I had only one yardstick, was I having fun. And Mm -hmm. I've always hit that yardstick. So, you know, to me, the numbers are just gravy. Mm -hmm. And and I'm loving it. I love the group. But thank you so much for for spending your time and sharing your work. It's been my absolute pleasure. Really appreciate it. We're we're definitely going to, I want to be in touch. We're going to figure out, because I, you know, openings happen. So when they happen, I'll give you a call. We'll, you know, we'll figure something out, get you back on here. That's good. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks to our live streamers for their conversation. And thank you, especially to our podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all next time here on Elevate Today. Goodbye.